we, we really cherish and, and now we can show it to Maria as well. Uh, you heard, and that's just a part of her testimony. And I have to correct one thing. She, she didn't tell the whole truth. She said that she asked all her questions. That is not true. And, and I, I had to correct her already. Uh, but that is good. We, one, one, one fun part that we have, and, and it's, it's truly fun for us, even though she doesn't think that. Uh, she comes to our house about once a week, and, and she asks questions. And that is, sometimes it's discipleship with Heidi, and then occasionally they, they work out together. I'm not a part of that. Uh, but then they have, it's just question and answer time. And it's, it's so good because it challenges us. And it's just, it's just great to, to hear questions and, and how, how the Spirit works. And, and we need to be challenged over and over by, by God. And so it is, it is always fun. But besides that, everything was correct. And, and we're happy to be a part of her life there as well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and then dive into our message for today. Dear Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity to, to be in your house and worship you with song and prayer. And now I pray that you will speak through me, that you are glorified, that you are magnified, and that we see how great you are. I'm thankful for your word and that you do not stop speaking to us through your word. It's always accurate. It's always present. It's always good and change us through your word. I pray that you now ease our minds, take all the distractions away and, and open our hearts for what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. In our church in Eichstätt, I've been preaching through Genesis um, this year. And when I say I'm preaching through Genesis, we, we got through chapter 11. Uh, it takes a long time. I thought it's going to be faster uh, then in the middle of the year, or in the middle of the first part of the year, I thought I might not even be done by chapter 11, with chapter 11 by the time we go to the States. But then we, we made it, and it, it was such a good journey for us. Because you, you know the stories, the main stories, but we, we dove in and we spent the last seven months just seeing all the... And you, you know the answers in Genesis... And that truly is, you find answers in Genesis. And I, I like to preach just verse by verse and go through it slowly. But by doing that, you, you preach on topics that you don't want to preach on or that, that you shouldn't preach on, according to the government. But it is good because it's God's Word and He changes us more and more. And... Before that, I was, uh, we, we spent time in Ephesians, and before that in Mark. And, and one great thing in, in the Gospel of Mark was to see how Jesus interacted with people. And I want, to, I want you to uh, invite you to open Mark chapter 6. It's a quite popular passage, but at the same time, it is even though it's popular, maybe because it's so popular, we forget sometimes the, the point of it. And when you, when you arrive in Mark chapter 6, I want to read from 
verse 30. And there it says, And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told Him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And He said unto them, Come ye yourself apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all the cities, and outwent them, and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away, that, that they may go unto the, into the country round about, and into the villages, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread, and give them to eat? And he said unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves, the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and brake the loaves and gave them to his disciples to be before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. Jesus provides in so many ways we don't even know. A lot of times He works in the background and we don't recognize it until afterwards. But the, the first point that, that I want you to see is the verses 30 and 31 is Jesus provides for you by giving you rest. Verse 30 tells us of the report the disciples gave to Jesus of their mission. They came back and, and we don't read all the details, but we are told and they told him all things that they had done and what they taught. Can you even imagine all the things that they did? The apostles were sent out to preach the gospel and they were, they were supposed to do miracles. And now that they are back, and now that Jesus heard everything, He tells them in 31, Come on, let's go to a quiet place and rest. So they got into a boat and they leave privately. We shall never forget that Jesus knows exactly what we need. Always remember who Jesus is. In Psalm 103, verses 13 and 14, it says, Like a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. Jesus is aware of who we are and what we are made of. Because he made us. But the question is, are we aware of that fact? Are we, I mean, we know that we're humans and when we're tired, we know that we don't have all the energy. And maybe when we're hurt or when we, when we get older, we know that. But we are humans. We are created beings. And we are in sin. 
We are weak and we need the peace that Jesus gives. It is marvelous to see that Jesus promises peace to those who come to Him and those who fear Him, those who live for Him. Do you see that? It's not, I'm exhausted because my day was so full, I do not have time for God and for what He wants. But rather, I have spent my life, all my energy, my day for God. And then Jesus says, go get some rest. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, we know the passage, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus gives rest. Back then and also today, He didn't change. He still does it. In our text today, we see two reasons He gives rest. First, the verses 229, up to 29, rest because you have served. And then He gives rest, verses 35 and following, rest because you will serve. With Jesus, it is always a because you have served and because you will serve, you need rest. But at this point, they are in a boat. They don't know that yet. He just said, come on, well, let's go and we'll rest. They're in a boat with Jesus and head over to another place. So we we see Jesus provides by giving you rest. And the second point is Jesus provides for you by giving you guidance. Verses 32, it says, And they departed into a desert place by ship privately, and the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot out of all the cities, and out went to them, and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. Do you remember what Jesus told the disciples to do? We're going to go and get rest. Well, he did not tell them, just let's go. But the people around them, what did they do? They, they outran them. He, they went on a boat. And I don't know if they, they had a little sign on where the boat is going to go to the next boat station and they ran there. No, they ran there. They wanted to see what Jesus was going to do. Jesus gets in the boat. A certain group of people stands by the shore and sees the disciples and Jesus leave. They knew, they recognized who Jesus was. And they ran by foot. Not only a small group. They all started running. And they got there before Jesus and the disciples. And as soon as Jesus gets out of the boat, they gather around him. So much for the desert place. So much for the rest. But at the same time, they did rest. They rested in the boat. And if you pay attention to the text, they didn't do anything. Jesus' reaction toward them shows the same reaction that He has toward us. It will be so selfish of the disciples to say, Hey, you promised us rest. What about... Come on, now all those people are here. No, Jesus is fair. He gives rest to them, and He teaches the others, and He takes care of all of them. He further looks beyond our wants 
And He looks beyond our needs. Why all those people came, we don't know. We don't know what they wanted. Probably they want to get healed. That's what everybody wants. But Jesus sees the helpless people. They are like sheep without a shepherd. And sheep without a shepherd are without protection. They are in great danger. They need a shepherd. But what does a shepherd do? Well, Jesus gets out. He sees the multitude. He has compassion and he teaches them. In the parallel account in Matthew and Luke, we see that he also heals the sick. He does it. No problem. Even though he did heal many, that was not the reason he came to earth. He didn't come so that everybody is healthy. That's what so many people want. But what does health do to you? You don't want to be healthy and go to hell. You don't want to be healed and then not have a future. Jesus has much more to give. His main reason was to heal the spiritual sick. Those that need a Savior. His message was always the same. The kingdom of God. That is the solution for all the problems. For all the wishes. Back then and the same today. No matter what life situation you are in, you need Jesus. He gives guidance by giving clarity. Clarity about their current position and circumstances and about who He is. He teaches them. There are many that are tired of it when you come and bring a Bible verse. No, I want help. I don't want a Bible verse. I want help. They have not grasped. And I ask myself, why? Have you noticed that the disciples have not said a word? I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe they were thinking, come on, we wanted to rest. But we don't read it. And I don't want to downplay those men. But I want to point out that they don't have an active role. They don't have an active role. Jesus said, let's go rest. And then they went into a boat. A lot of people come. And He didn't tell them, okay, now you go and teach them. I want to hear what you did. So you told me about the but now do it. No. He doesn't even say a word to them. He has compassion to those people. And they were supposed to listen. I'm pretty sure that the main rest that they needed is to get fueled up on Christ's Word. So, Jesus teaches them. And then when it started to get closer to evening, we again read of the disciples. Then we read of them. And there we see the third point. Jesus provides for you by giving you food. Now we get to the great miracle. The miracle that most of us know very well, and I hope that we are aware of what Jesus has done here. Verses 35. And when the day was not far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away, that they may go into the country road about, and into the villages, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered them, and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread and give them to eat? He said unto them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they knew, they say, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies and the green grass. 
And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they, had, and they that eat, uh, eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. So we see these disciples coming to Jesus with a very thoughtful, with a very caring idea. Sent them away because they're probably hungry. How loving and kind, right? Well, let's put their motivation aside because we don't know why they said it. I have my ideas, but I don't know. But, but let's look at Jesus' reaction. He said, you give them to eat. And, and, and let's, let's be real. 5,000 men. So it, there's not quite sure how many people there are. But it could be up to 15,000. Because 5,000 men plus wives plus children. So when Jesus tells them, you give them to eat, no matter how much they had, they didn't have enough food. And so we see again Jesus' way of teaching and Jesus' way of caring. So he says, you give them to eat. Maybe he said it with a smile. But in John, we see that he said it purposefully. He did not think, I wonder what they're going to buy or or what plan they will have to do it. He simply told them, because he already has a plan. He already knows. So he gives them a job that he knows they can't do so that they come back to him so that he can provide what they need. And Jesus does the same thing today. If he gives you a task that is impossible to do, don't think, oh, maybe it's the wrong task. No, that's exactly the task. So that he can show you what he can do. So what he does is that we, or the disciples, we forget so often the deity of Christ and his foreknowledge. And I, I don't mean that he knows what we will do and then he will build his ideas upon what we will do in the future. That, that's not what I mean. The, the sovereignty of God influences everything. And if you pay attention, you will see in the text exactly that. Jesus says, if the people are hungry, then give them food. And the disciples, we should buy bread with 200 denarii. And so let's, let's look a little bit at that. Because I think that's just a... If you read the Bible, you see a lot of fun stories in there. And you see a lot of just humor in it. So now we have those 15,000 people. Just a recap. Jesus and the twelve arrived with a boat and the multitudes were standing there. Jesus teaches them. It gets later and the people are getting hungry. So we have those 5,000 men. Matthew 14:21 helps us. There were uh, 5,000 men plus women and kids. So most theologians, commentary, commentators would agree probably around between 15 and 25,000. But let's, let's just do 15,000. And then 200 penny worth. I don't know, as far as I know, you still use the dollar here. And we use the euro. So we don't know what a penny worth is. But it's about a one day pay, according to the sources that I had. 
Adding it up, 200 equals about 8 months' pay. So if you assume a monthly income of $2,000 after taxes, so um, maybe it's less, but but let's say $2,000, and we're talking about $16,000. If you have an income of $2,500, it's about $20,000. That's a lot of money. Well, but if you have 20,000 people and you have $20,000, $1 is not that much. So we have $1 a person. So if you do good planning, you can probably still prepare a good meal with that kind of money for those people. But they didn't know. They didn't plan ahead. So if you want to go buy bread for 20,000 people today, I don't know if Walmart has enough bread for 20,000 people right away. And we're talking about today's time where we have everything that we need. They have to go to the villages around to go get to the little shops right before closing because it's evening. And so the leftovers for 20,000 people? What do you think how much toast or bread was left on the shelves? Now, we, we have experienced down the last two years empty shelves. But those shelves were empty because it was sold out. So, in today's time, it's almost impossible. Back then, it was definitely impossible. So, the disciples' question regarding the 200 penny worth is clear. We, not, we don't have enough food around here. There are not enough stores around here. And there is definitely not enough money at, uh, or time to do that. So Jesus plays along. I understand. 20,000 people, 200 penny worth. Good. Then tell me, what do you have on yourself? I mean, I understand we don't have enough money to go to the store. So how much do you have with you? Well, for 20,000, maybe for 10 people. If it's 12 disciples, how much do they have? The answer is nothing. Of course, nothing. We didn't plan that. We didn't plan a picnic. Well, then look around. What can you find? One little boy. He has five loaves and two fish. When was the last time you heard of a schoolboy having a lunch pack with five loaves of bread? Maybe in Germany. That's Actually, I think it was Libby who said the other day, I miss Brotzeit. Brotzeit in Germany is you have fresh bread, and then you have meats and cheese. And, and we, have, we had a very busy week, and we were on the road, and we were visiting friends and, and family. And so Livy said, I, I wish we would have that again. So probably eventually we'll have some. But usually we don't have five loaves and two fish with us. Also not in the Bible. I think when we think of loaves, we think of a whole loaf of bread. But it was more like a little roll. Most likely it was smaller. So he had like five little rolls and two canned fish. So it's a smaller piece of fish. And that's exactly what Jesus wanted. That's exactly what Jesus wanted. He didn't want all the store-bought stuff that people can bring with a truck and so he could feed them. No, he wants to show what he can do. He wants to show them that he provides. And so they come to the fourth point Jesus provides for you by using the little that you have to offer. Verse 39, And He commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. So so far it was just teaching the disciples. 
How much do you have? Well, nothing. Okay, well, look around. Well, we have five loaves and two fish. Okay, and now tell everybody to sit down. And that's also hard. I mean, it's, it's hard enough. You, you know how it is at, at camp to make people sit down. And you have different ways, to, different... Um, some people sing songs, some people clap, some people yell. Uh, well, they sat down by hundreds and by fifties. And just keep the perspective here. Jesus commanded them to sit down in groups of hundreds and fifties. 20,000 people. And then, then, when everybody sat down, He took the bread and the fish. He looked up to heaven. He blessed it. He broke the bread. He gave it to the disciples. And He divided the two fish. Verse 41. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and to set before them. And the two fishes divided them, he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. Jesus takes that, which is so little, I mean, it's nothing in comparison. And he thanks the Father, and then he breaks the bread and gives it to the twelve disciples. And they were supposed to distribute. And they did, without stopping. Without stopping, they just handed out the food. From a little boy, Jesus took the unimportant bread and the unimportant fish And we need to understand that that's how Jesus works. We need to understand that no matter what we have, and no matter who we are, no matter how small, how big, how important, how gifted, how talented you are, how much money you have, if we give Jesus that which we have, and that who and what we are, then Jesus can make something that is little, and he can make something great out of it. And then we read that the little boy ran and told everybody that he fed 20,000 people. It might be in the message. It's not in here. It's not in here. We don't read anything about that boy. Nothing. Why? Because it's not important. We don't hear anything about the boy. If, if you read your Bible, you will read about a lot of people that you have never heard of and never will read about them again. You don't know their names. You don't know their families. Nothing about them. And God used them. You don't have to be a big name to be used by God. We don't read anything about the little boy because it's not about the boy. It was about Jesus. Could Jesus have had bread come down from heaven? Yep. And He has done that before. But He decided not to do that. He didn't want to. People speak oftentimes of gifts that they have. And not talk about miraculous gifts, just gifts, talents. And but gifts and talents are a part of how you can serve God. But then when people say, well, I'm not that gifted, 
Well, that doesn't mean you can't serve God. It doesn't mean that you can't be used by God. There are those tests that could be helpful. What is my gift? And I've done those tests before. And one thing was, I, not pastor. And those tests could be helpful. But if you do those tests and then you wait, okay, well, now I'm going to wait on how God is going to use me. No, that's not how it works. It could help, but sometimes just do it. Just, just do it. There was one great book about, about the will of God. And the point of that book was, just do it. Be, before you figure out God's will for your life, just, just serve Him. And, and, and you are in God's will. And He will show you step by step. But all this, I have to figure out what God's will is for my life until I start serving Him. That's not the way it works. Heidi has a sign in our house. And it says, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So don't wait until you're qualified. Just do it. God can use you. This little boy, his gift was he was ready. That's it. He was willing. He didn't go there and said, oh, I'm going to do something great today. Oh, God will use me today. No. He had something and he shared it. And we read about it today, 2,000 years after that. Maybe just a little thing. Nothing important, right? Well, the lesson that we learn from that is quite important for us. So, what was his gift? He was there. What is your gift? Be there. One of the greatest things we can do is be there. Be there. Bring food. Be ready to be used by Christ. Bring what you have. You don't have to do something miraculous. Just be willing to be used by God. Every one of us has that gift. Be there. The presence of people is the greatest thing. And God can take the little things that we have and make something great out of it. Important is that you do it for Him. Jesus likes, us to, uh, she, Jesus likes to use those who are little because then He can be great. So Jesus provides for us by giving us rest. Jesus provides for us by giving us guidance. He provides for us by giving us food. And Jesus provides for us by using the little that we have. Be there. And when it's time to rest, rest. Because you have served Him. And rest so that you can serve Him. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you know who we are, what we are made of. You know our gifts, you know our talents, you know all of our lives. And most importantly, you know our hearts. 
And I pray that you will use us. If it is our time, if it is our money, if it's our talents that you gave us, all that you gave so that we can serve you. And I'm thankful that you don't just let us go and don't care about us. You also give us the rest that we need. You give us the food that we need. And all that you do is so that you are magnified. So use us to magnify you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.